Hello, welcome everyone. Welcome to our first Pros Mining Cafe after the summer break. Uh, I'm here with Rudy. Hi, Rudy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> And we're talking about project planning today. Uh, it's part of our project guide series. It's a very important element. So the project guide series is, is um, the process mining methodology, if you will, and describes the steps um, that you need to carry out to perform a successful process mining project. So we have yeah, identified 12 steps that you go through basically in every process mining project. And um, of course, process mining itself is agnostic with the type of methodology that you use around it, right? But you need to be aware of which methodology is used in your organization and process mining need to be fitted into that. We will come back to that later in the session. But we already wanted to ask you, for those of you who are watching live right now, to let us know in the chat what the methodologies are that you are using in your organization. For example, are you using Lean for your improvement projects or for example, Agile in the software development. So depending on the process that you are analyzing. Um, so yeah, we would really like to know. So um, it's very easy to join the chat uh, just below the video where you're watching this right now. Uh, you can enter your name. You don't need a password or anything. Just um, yeah, press the button and you're in there and you can, um, you can, you can let us know there in the chat. All right. So yeah, so we're coming... Back uh, to the to the project guide, and there are several steps, right, really, that we are that we are going through um, in the process mining project. And today, we wanted to repeat a little bit the first step, the process selection, and talk mostly about the project plan, which is the second one. So, I'm not sure if you can see my screen, but I I'm bringing this up. Here it is. Now here it is. Yes. So, right, we, we wanted to start at the very beginning. So let's talk a little bit um, about the, the, the process selection. Why do you think it's important that people think about selecting the right process for the process project? Yeah, yeah. So um, if, if we look at executing a, a process mining initiative, then sometimes it's already very clear, right, what, what you want to do. Eh? You have a clear objective or maybe a clear process where you want to uh, get started. But in some cases, it's not that uh, not that obvious uh, which process you can best pick in order to uh, get started with process mining. And it could be your first project, but it could also be the second or the third. Um, so the the project selection is kind of a way where you can yeah, segment or compare different type of potential process mining candidate initiatives and see if they are yeah. Uh, more likely to be a good candidate to to get started with process mining, yeah. uh, and um, I think it's a first important step because if you select the wrong process, then from the start you will encounter all these these type of challenges, right? So it's it's best to look into something that's uh, yeah where you can have more success. Yeah, exactly, and of course that's always a little bit challenging, especially if it's your first process mining project. It's really hard to know which process you should choose, right? So to give a little bit of guidance, uh, yeah, we have this, um, yeah, this quadrant, and we also have a blog post about it that we will link uh, in the show notes for the session today. But we want to briefly go through it because you can basically look at these for kind of dimensions or combinations of two dimensions. So the two dimensions are um, the data availability, which is clear, right? To, to do process money, you need data. Um, so is the data available, but also um, the 
the process awareness in terms of how good the process is defined and how much people are following it. So we start in the lower left corner, right, really? So this is, how would you describe this combination? Yeah, yeah. so if you have kind of a process which is undefined or not developed uh, yet, right? So you still figure out an ad hoc way in order to execute a particular request or a particular product which you want to produce. Um, but no process is defined and it's not supported by any means of a system, right? So the, all the interactions take place are ad hoc. Uh, could be by phone or by email without any very structured process yeah. or system. Yeah. It could even be, I think, uh, doesn't have to be completely ad hoc. It could even be something like once a year you're doing a strategy planning to determine the strategy of the company for the next year. You're having a series of meetings. You're taking down some notes in the meeting minutes and maybe you have some updated strategy briefs or things like that. So it's not that it's completely ad hoc. Um, you do it every year, but still it's, yeah, these are processes. They often have very low volume also, right? Vol low volume. It's not very defined how the process goes. So it's, in, yeah, in a nutshell, it's not very suitable as a, as a process selected for your post mining project. Yeah, yeah. And the other dimension, of course, is you figure it out as you go, right? So also if it's kind of a yearly strategy plan, then it could be a standardized process where you have a clear work or instruction for yourself how you would do this because you have done this in the past. But in this particular quadrant, um, you figure it out again. So it could be that you have some knowledge, right, how you did this in the past and start reapplying it, but it's not that you have developed a standard process for it. Right. Uh, and that's the big difference uh, if you go to the next uh, quadrant. Yeah, and that's why the, the focus is on defining, right? That's why it says, like, if you're in yeah, this quadrant yeah. and you want to do more with it, the focus is on defining the process yeah. first. And you might go then up to the to the top left quadrant um, where, yeah, you, you have this definition, right? You have an understanding of the the process but you don't have data so it could be a completely manual process for example uh, in a municipality um, a building permit project but the, the municipality has not adopted any IT system yet it's all being done in paper right that could be an example yeah um, yeah. yeah and it's kind of a scale right so it, <laughs> it could be that you have a very clear work instruction and people are have adopted this work instruction so kind of follow a clear path of how to execute the whole process um, but it could also be something in the middle. Right? So we have agreed upon, but more on an abstract level, how the, the coarse grain steps of the process go. Um, and that's kind of the spectrum. So yeah, the main gain here is to start automate or implement something to support uh, the whole process and to be able to collect uh, some data yeah. as part of the process. Right. And from a process perspective, it's not that you cannot do anything. So if this is an important project, it is possible to collect data manually for a limited amount of time, right? So you could, for example, let people write down the main activities they do for two weeks or something and analyze it. They have Yeah, there are some examples where people have done this, and then you could do a post-mining analysis based on this manual sample. Uh, but also in the process of, so here the focus is then usually on digitizing those processes for the future. Once you introduce a system, an IT system that supports this process, you can make sure that the data that's being recorded is suitable for future post-mining initiatives. So you have all the, the right data that you need. And the third quadrant let's look at that that's the the opposite basically right yeah so on the left side of course uh, it's it's about data right so 
if you look at process mining, so for, of course, the data analysis technique that's being used for processes. So if there's limited support of any system by means of collecting this data, it's less likely that it's easy to apply process mining, right? So it does mean that you can't, but uh, it's, it's less likely. And on the right side, there are kind of two um, uh, options. Um, on the bottom right, we have discover. So that means low process awareness, but there is some kind of support of a system. So you can think about uh, uh, a hospital that has implemented some kind of hospital administrative system. So they are capturing for all the events that are happening or all the activities that are happening, uh, very structured in a particular way, uh, the data. But it could be that for certain processes, uh, the process is not defined yet, right? Because it's complex. Eh? So if you look at treatment paths uh, after the diagnosis, maybe it's very clear what they are going to do. Yeah. But before the treatment, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of undefined. Eh? So you have all the different type of activities in different order. So the first step which you need to take before you actually can improve the process is to be able to discover the standard process. Uh, and that's what we see and define kind of as discover. So it requires an additional step to discover the process and maybe to develop a standard. So it could also be that there is no guideline, guideline yet. And so before you can yeah, improve the process, you should have a fixed guideline or agreed upon a standard working process. Um, and so it, it requires an additional step. Yeah, and it can be a really interesting area for process mining to look at these type of process because the data is already there. And I think really the example you gave with the healthcare system is a really good one because, um, first of all, people sometimes think if there's an IT system, it has to be an automated process. It's not true, right? Very very often um, the IT systems, they're there to support in terms of documenting the steps that are happening, but they're completely driven by the people who work in the process. And yeah, healthcare process is a very good example because actually you don't want to restrict this flexibility in any way you want the, the doctors to be able to go every action every direction in the process and to do what's necessary and the data is collected along the way but um, yeah despite this flexibility it can be very interesting to yeah discover the process and then maybe to find ways to standardize certain parts of it like you said uh, certain areas maybe are more suitable for standardization uh, and others you're you're not going to do that yeah. and yeah so that's the first step but it's also it can be a little bit challenging right often these are the more complex processes also that we see in this area yeah yeah and, and you can see also uh, the objective can also change right so the discovery could be an objective by itself huh? so understanding actually how the process yeah. works what and are we doing yeah yeah, and yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly and then yeah so then you have the the last one right with yeah so that's the the more typical right so if we are uh, looking at uh, process uh, improvement or optimization uh, or even compliance right so it's called optimized but that means at least you have kind of an expectation of the process and for compliance it's kind of the same thing right and then we can have the process mining analysis of this or the discovered process uh, and then you can find discrepancies between what you expect to see and what you actually see. Uh, and this difference, of course, or this gap um, yeah, brings out kind of the improvement potential of the process itself. Yeah. Um, and in the guide or the project selection guide, of course, if you are looking at the first, your very first process mining initiative, and then we recommend kind of to pick something at the top right corner because 
if you want to make impact, it's easier to make impact there already uh, in the discussion eh? because you don't have to have the discussion about the standard or standardize the process, which can take quite some time in the discussion. Uh, you should take the time if you create such a standard. Uh, but in the optimization stage, you can show, I see a deviation here in the process. Should this happen or not? And then you have a concrete discussion and you can directly add value uh, there. Yeah, exactly. So the focus there is often on optimization. And um, there's, yeah, this is, of course, an iterative process, as many of you know, right? It's not one improvement project and then you're done. But after that, you're going through the next improvement cycle. So you're, yeah, you're improving the process further. And maybe one note on the on the uh, label automated process. So there's also various um, degrees of automation that, that you see even in this kind of quadrant, right? So, um, for example, if you think of an ERP system, then, yeah, there maybe some of the routing logic is, um, yeah, automated. So after a certain step is finished, it goes to the next person or something maybe is also forbidden or required through certain process rules. But in general, it's the people who perform the steps and who are driving the process. Um, so, yeah, it's still the process itself is still driven by manual steps. And this is, of course, what's most interesting to look at in an improvement project. If you're looking at a straight through process, straight through processing process, then maybe large parts of the process are automated and only certain situations, um, yeah, like like uh, samples that are taken or certain specific situations are being done manually. So then there's yeah more automated uh, parts. But if a process is fully automated, it's also not really interesting for post money anymore, right? Really, would you agree? Yeah, so, so it depends. Eh? So also <laughs> in an automated way, you could have batches and then uh, <clears throat> understand that something is waiting for a batch to run at night, for example. Mm -hmm. And that can cause a delay that can have customer impact. But if it's something completely automated and things taking milliseconds, right? And then you can argue how relevant it is from a timing perspective, at least, or an SLA yeah. perspective. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, most of the processes are human-driven, right? And this human interactions take coordination, also coordination with the customer. And with customer journeys, is kind of the same thing, to do the right things at the right time. And so mm -hmm. it's not... Um, And, and I think it's a human thing, so it requires certain knowledge or insights uh, to do things and to make things simple, right? So if we complicate matters, then yeah, it becomes really fuzzy when to do a certain thing or to be compliant, and then you make mistakes. While if it's more standardized or uh, if the agreements are more easy to understand, then it's, of course, less likely that you actually make these mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it's a good point. So there are completely automated processes where you still can um, yeah, of yeah. analyze post mining. So yeah. I, I have yeah. to think of the Van der Lande example where Boris was talking about the kind of the baggage yeah. system problems. So maybe we can link that as a counter example. But yeah, just in general, I, what, from what I see in practice, usually it's where some humans are involved. Usually that's the, the sweet spot, like for yeah. selecting a post mining process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's yeah, say you have... Yeah, and yeah, I think in another dimension, and that's also, uh, if, if you look at the credence, it's not a, um, apparent. But if a process is very standard or very simple, so uh, mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago I had an example where someone was looking at a production process of uh, boots, for example, mm. and that process contained of just three steps, and it was always the same, and there was no deviation. And so, yeah, you can dive into this process with process mining, but probably you would not find 
a lot of interesting things other than maybe temporal things, right? That the production was stopped or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so also uh, certain complexity, I think, is also favorable for process mining. Yeah, you need to be able to yeah, make some impact, right? And um, hmm. yeah, so there are some other criteria. I think that we are coming back a little bit now, also when we are talking a little bit more about the second step, right? The, once you have um, selected your your process, um, you're you're making a project plan, and yeah, we have identified five ingredients that you basically need uh, to put a good project plan together and we wanted to go through them and some of them yeah, also ultimately maybe have can reflect back a little bit which project uh, which process is good to select right for example uh, having a good sponsor uh, so we, we come back to this discussion too but before you even get to think about which people you need to involve it's really important to think about um, the goals, right? So some something that people sometimes forget, especially if they're very eager to start with their post-mining project, they maybe have got some data already, they start analyzing it, and then they're completely in the middle of it and yeah, and realize that they have kind of jumped over this step to think about what's the goal or the objective. Um, yeah, so we yeah, we, we recommend to really make it a point to think about that at the beginning of making a project plan. Yeah. Yeah, and um, can you describe a little bit like how you you like to break that up into not just like one objective, but um, to think about kind of these different dimensions uh, that you define situation, problem, goal. How are they different? Yeah, yeah. So first, first of all, if you are thinking about an objective for process mining, there can be different things, right? So I would recommend to think about um, uh, your objective. And is it in a sense that you want to give insight? So would the insight be enough? Or are you driving all the way through to make an improvement, right? So are you trying to make impact? And this can also be different uh, if you compare, for example, an audit or, uh, or a process improvement initiative. Yeah? So an audit is most likely to result into advisory or an audit report where you find certain things. Um, maybe risks that need to be mitigated or kind of the results of your evaluation. And so it's more or less likely to be an insight. While if you look at a process improvement initiative, they are often driven by either reducing cost or uh, improving um, customer satisfaction, for example. Um, and so then the end goal is different. And I think it's important to think about What's your goal, right? Uh, and is that the goal, what you want to achieve? And the only person who can say if that's the goal or align with that goal is the sponsor, of course. And so I think there the conversation starts um, uh, with, the, with the sponsor. Um, and then, of course, you can quickly accept um, uh, your, 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 your problem or uh, your objective. But you can also kind of continue to discuss it. Um, and that's yeah, also interesting if you look at it from a lean perspective. I saw that someone in the chat was also using kind of the lean methodology, which we come later on. It, it identifies kind of a defined stage. And in the defined stage, you are kind of arguing um, the whole objective. Um, and then you can, you, you can break it down. So from kind of what you think you should do, you can go back to, okay, what's the situation here? What are we trying to do? Uh, what is kind of the historical background of the process? Uh, what are we? 
uh, what did we try to achieve? Did we try to automate the whole process, for example? And how um, what was the result of uh, of that uh, transformation of of the process itself? Do we still have issues? What are people saying about the process? And what's kind of the complication, or the complication, or the problem is, is something that we need to do right now, right? So. In, in a certain sense, uh, if you have a situation, this is a more general description, but the problem kind of is uh, the argument why we should do something about it right now. Eh? So what is kind of the, the, the thing that the sponsor sees that's very important to change this right now? Um, and that should be tied to the goal. And all these th three things should then be kind of aligned. Eh? So give you kind of the perspective um, of yeah, how you want to approach your project. So to break it down from the description of your situation towards the thing that should re uh, should help you to change something now and in your problem definition. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah I, I, yeah, I like that to frame it from these two angles because on the one hand side, you're looking at it from the perspective of the sponsor or the person who's, for example, responsible for the process and um, looking from what they see as the problem. And then it can also be a question as pros mining. It can also be a question as pros if pros mining is the right tool for that, right? Or if, if it's the right process. For example, we talked before about the four different quadrants and also um, Eva said in the chat, like, if it's a fully automated process, the focus is maybe more on monitoring. So sometimes also people, especially if they are new to pros mining, they don't really know the difference yet so maybe there's someone who comes to you and says what they're describing to you is sounds like they want to monitor their process maybe process mining is not the yeah the, the right solution for for this type of problem right um on, on the other hand the dimension is yeah what the goal is for you or for the organization is it yeah learning is it about learning about process mining doing a first project mm. or is it really about a certain purpose so so it's, and there's not one right answer but it depends on yeah what you want and it's good to be clear about it that's the main point to really be aware yeah yeah and that's 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 kind of what you see in practice right especially if you are doing this for the first time uh, or even i think also if you are doing it for a longer time then new objectives come kind of come in but it's also balancing these Yeah, multiple agendas, right? So if you are learning and then you get this question where you need to do something very complex, right? So if you have a very ambitious sponsor and then that sponsor is saying, we want uh, to do an end-to-end -end process uh, a review and we, yeah, you already know there are five systems involved, uh, already a lot of question marks if these systems actually capture the data. So there are already from the start a lot of challenges Uh, and uh, challenges to fill, right? Uh, and I think it's good to kind of align here so that these objectives, but also the expectations are, are aligned and that, that you can give some pushback, but also that you can make it more iterative. And I think process mining is very suitable to do this kind of agile approach where you iterate through still providing results each time and then work towards a bigger goal right? so yeah. you can make the goal smaller and do first one system for example or one part of the process yeah. and then iterate through to go to the next but still align with the sponsor what he's he, he will get and um, what he can expect <clears throat> yeah exactly but if needed also iterate a little bit even on the problem statement right so not just take the first 
problem statement that um, you get from the sponsor, for example, and write that down. But yeah, ask what's behind it. There could be other problems behind it, but also like similar to yeah, if if maybe the. The, the goal is to monitor a process and, and, and instead of analyzing it, sometimes if you ask people like what they want to know or what the questions are that they have about the process, they give kind of more standard like KPIs that you could also measure in a different way be, because they don't understand yet the type of analysis that could be done with process mining, right? So it's it's good to dig a little bit deeper and to really come up with a good definition of yeah what the situation is but also the problem and the goal and to be really clear yeah and in your objective as well so because i think you can balance the objective <clears throat> so the objective could be that from the start you're trying to realize benefits yes? and sometimes the, the harsh benefits mm. are we do a cost saving for example or we yeah. improve the process uh, this percentage uh, in lead time uh, so it is a very hard uh, promise. Yeah. But if you are still learning, uh, can you make then that promise, right? So is it a realistic, realistic goal? Or can you break it up and you can still say, okay, eventually that should be the goal for this process. But let's first do an iteration where we give ourselves some time to learn and to give kind of a process map to give insights of how the process actually works. Uh, maybe find two or three new things about the process which we didn't know or which the, the experts of the process didn't know that that happened. And then you can make the whole objective smaller uh, and maybe it takes less time in order to get there. And then from that point, you can look further ahead to see, okay, what next challenge I can, can take on as a process miner to, uh, to do. And I think that's also important to not overpromise uh, certain things and mm -hmm. be able to learn along the way and this also helps and that's something we're going to discuss later on as well to to reduce some of the risks um, that part of the 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 project itself right yeah yeah exactly yeah so that was like the first ingredient yeah? so really be really clear about the the objective the goal um, that you have with with the project and then the Yeah, let's come to the, the second ingredient. And that brings us back to what we mentioned at the beginning already uh, of the cafe is that you're, you're performing a process mining project not in, 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 in isolation or in, yeah, it's, it always has a context, right? So um, that's why, yeah, we were asking you what methodologies you're using. And if I look at the chat right now, I see, um, yeah, confirmed also the examples that we, we gave. So people... Monica, for example, says um, they're using Lean as well as Agile. Um, and um, yeah, so that's, I think these are typical examples, but we, we see different ones that people use in the organization. The, the point is that this is uh, a method that's already in the organization, right? So there's a standardized approach. And it's good to be aware that mining does not change that. It's not that you want to change the way the organization works, but you have to figure out how process mining and the different steps in your process mining project connect to this kind of overarching methodology around it. So, yeah, we picked three examples, right, really, just to yeah. to show you, like, how this can look like. Um, so, for example, yeah, so DMAKE, right, that's define, measure, analyze, improve, control. That's a very common lean methodology, right? Uh, yeah, <coughs> yeah. So you can, I think, go to the right slide. Mm, yeah, let yeah. me go back. Yeah. Can you see it now? Yeah, now we can yeah. see it. 
Yeah, so the DMIC uh, stands for Define, Measure, Analyze, Improve, and Control. And if you look at this methodology, the methodology is around improving, right? So these different methodologies have also different objectives, and uh, that, that makes them different in a sense, how they are broken down in the different phases. And as you can see here underneath, you still have the 12 steps. So the 12 steps doesn't they don't change yeah? so the the process mining approach uh, in these 12 steps are kind of now mapped to each of the phases part of the of the DMIC of Six Sigma um, and if you look at this approach uh, in the define you are kind of selecting the right process uh, you make the project plan uh, you do the what they call in uh, in, in Lean Six Sigma uh, the critical to qualities uh, so that these are the analysis questions um, and that is kind of aligned so if you have these analysis questions then uh, you you can go to the next phase and it's the measure to set kind of the, the baseline uh, so then you need to extract your data and need to transform your data to be able to see uh, and answer the coarse grain question yes, um, for example what's the lead time of the of the whole process mm, yeah and maybe so it's always good to see concrete examples also how does this look like right really so maybe we can also link in the, in the show notes the lean six sigma series where people mm -hmm. see like how do you actually use pros mining in a in a Lean Six Sigma project and what is different compared to kind of the traditional way of doing it and what does it add, what does change. And the same um, also if we if we look at another example, so this is um, the DMake uh, framework, if we're looking at the auditing uh, framework, so there is also of course uh, formalized in a standardized way how an audit is performed in an organization, for example, in an internal audit department. And that's um, kind of these four phases were given in one of the pros mining uh, camp presentations, we can um, yeah point to that too. But yeah, the same twelve steps, like Rudy just said, they are still being performed. So an auditor is, has different goals and uh, different questions that they want to answer, but they're still following the same twelve steps to perform their pros mining project. And also here, it's nice to see a concrete example. And we have a very nice auditing case study um, that we will link to, where um, the city of Vienna showed exactly like step by step how they went through their uh, audit project and exactly the steps um, that they carried out on the way and yeah just to show another example because it can be yeah any kind of methodology where you can put that on so this is the plan do check act improvement cycle where you again find these these 12 steps right and really our message here again is not to that that there's a right or wrong methodology, but it's really important what's the methodology that you use in your organization and that you find the connection points to that and make sure your post-mining project fits into this way of working. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah so this is the second ingredient, right, that we need for the project plan, uh, knowing what the... Yeah, the The methodology is that is used in the organization and the third one is about the sponsorship and the project team so yeah we have um, discussed this um, sometimes already in the past but there's different roles um, and skills that you need uh, to be 
to perform a successful cross mining project. And on the picture that you see here on the slide, the green ones are the ones that are very close to what you do actually with the process mining tool, right? So you you have the data analyst, which is um, here the really the process mining analyst who's using the process mining tool, adding filters, um, importing the data, and so on and so forth. But there might be some, depending on the data that you have, some additional steps that need to be done um, to prepare the data, right? So, for example, in the data preparation cafe, we showed some examples for that. Um, and um, you also need someone who helps you to get the data out of the system in the first place, and you need someone who's, um, yeah, who's who knows about the methodology that we just mentioned, either as a process improvement expert or if it's in an audit context, who knows about the audit methodology. So if that's not you, then you need to make sure you have the right people on board. And we see a broad spectrum for this, uh, right? Really, sometimes one person covers a lot of these skills already themselves. Ideally, and some, right? Ideally, yeah. it's one individual. <laughs> that would be the ideal situation. But often you, you have to work together with different people. Yeah. 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 And these are different type of skills. Huh? So often I also try to explain, or people who are in business process management for quite some time, they 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 probably know, right? That if you look at process mining, it changes also the capability of the process analyst, right? So the tra in the in traditional sense, or if you look at Lean Six Sigma, for example. Um, if you do a process mapping, you do a value stream mapping exercise or a process modeling type of exercise. And so that means you are going to people, you elicit um, their knowledge, and then try to draw uh, the, the process map based upon their knowledge. And this is more a high-level, top-down approach of describing the process. And if you are doing this with data, then it requires all different type of skills, right? So you start with data. So mm -hmm. then you encounter data quality issues. You encounter issues of getting to the data or signing off on security issues or asking yourself the question if you are doing kind of an ethical uh, analysis based upon the data. Um, and that requires different type of skills. So... Um, so it, in, in that sense, it also requires maybe some some other skill set to join your initiative or, or project. Um, and that's also part of, I think, the challenge of, of process mining. So how far um, will it go for, for you as an expert, right? So will you kind of learn uh, the whole new data field in order to extract and prepare the data yourself? Or are there expert roles in the organization that can help you, support you in this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and to identify the gaps that you have in your own skill set, right? So to to be aware, like, what are the, the things that maybe you, you, you need support with, either yeah. to develop mm -hmm. yourself over time uh, or to, yeah, bring on board in, in your project. Yeah, yeah, and that's also a very good question because it can change from project to project, right? So if you mm -hmm. are very familiar with Excel, that's what we see in practice is kind of the de facto standard data <laughs> tool in most organizations, right? So very accessible, of course. Yeah. But if your data gets too big, yeah, so if you're extracting data from a large ERP system and then you are looking at uh, millions of rows, then it's not so easy to process this data in, in Excel anymore, right? So, so where... 
Um, where do you see kind of the borders of, of these initiatives? And you can still do a lot on sample data, right? So you can still show that it's possible by taking a sample of that data, maybe uh, a thousand cases as an example to show people what the capability is of process mining. But then if you want to take the next step and you want to scale up, then you need someone uh, to be able to do this for you. Yeah, yeah. and m maybe in that direction, it's um, even a little bit easier to recognize because you notice once, yeah, for example, you need different tools uh, to prepare the data and you, you don't know these tools because you're familiar with Excel, but not with these big data tools, for example. And from the other direction, it's sometimes people miss it maybe even more easily, right? So for example, someone who's really a data expert, maybe a BI specialist, they are really familiar with all the, the data technologies and then they're fascinated with process mining and they analyze the process, but then they maybe produce a process map And then they're sitting in front of this process map and they ask, well, what, what should I do with this now? <laughs> so, so they don't know <coughs> how to go further. And yeah. maybe they don't realize that that's exactly the skill of, for example, a process improvement expert who knows yeah, how to bridge these insights with the domain knowledge to identify yeah, yeah. steps yeah. to improve. Yeah. yeah, and often what I see in practice is they they get to the point where they get the spaghetti diagram, right? So they can extract the data, they even look at the data quality or improve the quality of their data. And then kind of as a next step, they see this whole uh, complex process map. And then they, uh, of course, they can, can use some of the filters, right? So they figure this out, uh, how they can apply uh, these filters. But it's not about applying the filters alone, right? So it's, it's, it's try to recognize the characteristics yeah. of the process, right? So, for example, rework. And then if you look at the domain expert, if they, if they will pull the sliders and then they say, oh, yeah, that's something I recognize. So this seems logical, right? So that, that's the first thing what they, what they can do. And the second thing what they see is, oh, I see a lot of rework here. This should not happen, right? And so it's about kind of... Yeah, being able to reflect upon the process based upon that standard. And it's kind of the same thing at the top right corner, right? So they have this reference map in their mind. And using that reference map, they, they know. And it's not only the reference map, because what I see myself often do is you also try to generalize these reference maps if you've seen multiple processes before. Right? So you you find things that are in rework weird. Or if you see an important activity, yeah, so an approval, for example, and you see it missing for certain cases, it's weird, right? So you start to mm -hmm. question these standard yeah. uh, patterns in, in the process. And that's also something that needs to be developed if, uh, if you are not used to doing these types yeah. of that's exactly the reason why some of the most interesting and most successful process mining initiatives are those that are being performed very close to or by the very people who are responsible yeah. for the process, right? And that's what you mentioned, like when you're in the upper right corner of this kind of process selection quadrant, then yeah, the process is defined. But yeah, if you're there working in the process, having that domain knowledge, that's these are exactly the people who will look at the process mining yeah. tool and they will see, well, that's not right. That shouldn't be the case. So yeah, if they yeah, can be, yeah, yeah empowered to do this type of analysis for themselves they can have very quick very effective improvement yeah. cycles yeah. yeah and one of the challenges if, if you don't uh, have these questions up front right so you're looking at the process and mm. you have limited knowledge and you are leaning 
uh, heavily on the domain experts alone, right, without questioning their uh, answers, then often it's also the pitfall of that they say, yeah, okay, this is just the case, right? We accept the status quo. Yeah. And if you accept the status quo, then it's also difficult to change something, right? So if you don't give any pushback, then yeah, this this is kind of what we already knew. You are not bringing any new information using your profit mining exercise, and then yeah, then it slowly goes away, right? So yeah. that's a really good point. That's again the the quality of a process improvement expert who knows how to question maybe the status quo or to think yeah. beyond uh, and to make newer suggestions for how it could be done better, for example. Yeah, yeah. So somehow, yeah. So it's also part of the consulting skills, I think, yeah, of of that person in that particular role. But it's not just accept the answer of the domain expert. But the domain experts give input, but you still question their answers. And uh, yeah, it should be done in, in a good way and uh, um, in, in a good spirit, I think, because then you find the right things where you can really discuss about, but also find new and alternative ways to do certain things. Uh, but I think that's, that's also one of the challenges uh, that you can encounter. Yeah. yeah. And maybe one last note while we are talking here about the skills and roles, right? Um, when we were um, yeah, preparing the session, you mentioned that um, yeah, the, the business expert, uh, is, uh, that the sponsor, I mean, that there can be actually different sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have an example, right? So during uh, last uh, or this year's process mining camp, uh, we also start to have kind of a template where we discussed about project planning to make it very easy. Um, and there was uh, someone who did a pure academic initiative. So the main sponsor was uh, a professor. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the data was needed was from a hospital. And so and there, of course, was also a contact person that was involved as part of this initiative. And so the argument is, is uh, Now, I can have one sponsor, right? So in this case, the professor. But if uh, the hospital is not involved as much, then it's, of course, the whole uh, research is also not not taking place because you cannot get your hands on the right data. So also from a sponsoring perspective, it's good to see where is the biggest risk or the biggest challenge and how can you have the right people on board? Yeah, I'm just having some problems. My laptop is running out of power. I'm sorry about that. But uh, we can continue. We just uh, know yeah. what we what what the ingredients are and what we want to talk about. But yeah, the idea is that you have to then think about what the people are, right, and make include that in your plan. So that's the the third ingredient. Like we have kind of a, a template. Well, you can still see it, so it's going to be away <laughs> gone yeah. in a second. But it's not important actually. I think yeah. we showed the important slides. Um, Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's a key that's a key ingredient here to think about who should be on your project team um, and to yeah put that in your project plan. Yeah, and um, yeah, if if you look at the, uh, at at the project team, so if we go back uh, to that to that slide. Mm, project team, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see? Oh no, we have to. Uh, wait a second to, yeah, to go sure. back. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we, we I think we still have it in our mind. So which one are you talking about? Which yeah, element? so so if you if you look at the, at the project team and if you start planning for um, for your initiative, yeah, then it's of course good to think about okay, where is uh, what are the biggest challenges uh, taking place uh, mm -hmm. in my initiative and where do I see the risk right so if you see the risk it's often also on the boundaries of your own skill right so yeah. sometimes people would say uh, so I'm, I'm in contact with someone and they say our oh, data that's the biggest challenge and uh, I'm not sure if I can get it and it would not be in the right format and so yeah. it's already I already kind of know that that person also is kind of new to the whole data domain or ha yeah, it's, it's not a core competence in order to process data. So uh, potentially it would be good to think about, uh, okay, which department could help me in order to support to get that data. Yeah. But the other way, if I'm talking with somebody who has this data skill, they would say, oh, I'm not sure what the objective is. Mm. And uh, I can do the process mining initiative, but nobody listens to me if I find something. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's it's a all the point. other perspective. So the challenge is more, can I get somebody on board from the domain and how can I organize them and feed them with the information so that I can still make that change happen? Yeah. And uh, I think that's... That's one of the important things to think about if you start planning for such an initiative. Where do you see the gaps and the biggest risk? Mm. How can I involve the right people try to mitigate uh, yeah. this risk? And that's exactly also the yeah the fourth ingredient that we um, yeah see as an, a successful important ingredient to make a good project plan is to think about those risks right so coming from who the people are that you need to involve and to have on board um, yeah thinking at it, uh, about it from a risk perspective like Rudy just said this is the important thing because that's how you can also make the project plan practical uh, so the goal of a project plan and we come back to that. And in a moment, is is really about, um, yeah, making it as likely as possible that you succeed with what yeah. you want to achieve, right? So, thinking about what the risks are helps you then to build in mitigations in in your approach, so that you can catch uh, any problems early on. Yeah, yeah, correct. And there's also someone's mentioning in the chat. Uh, so, for example, uh, how about a smaller organization uh, who doesn't have defined all these different type of roles? Uh, so, the roles which were on the slide are also not per se the roles uh, or the individual roles that you need as part of uh, a, a process mining initiative. Or uh, these are not all uh, different individuals uh, so it could be combined into one individual mm -hmm. um, but I think it's important to see okay if you look at this role or see this as a capability which capabilities do I need as part of my team and which capability do I have myself as a process miner and yeah. which capabilities uh, are more in the gray area or need to be included to strengthen the success of my process mining initiative yeah exactly absolutely correct yeah Now, thinking about the risks a little bit more, so what do we see as the the most common risks that people have in a cross-mining project? So partly it must be about data also, right? You don't know in the beginning. Um, you don't simply often don't know yet, like if the data is suitable, if there's going to be any data. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah, of course. I think one of the big things about the planning is to, to early upon or as early as possible think about um, and what's the risk about the data. So first of all, people would say, do I have the data, right? So if you don't have it, then yeah. it's very difficult to continue with your initiative. 
Um, the second question is if I have it, if it, is it of the right quality? Yeah, so to be able to either review a sample or something like that, something small, to check whether or not it's suitable enough to perform your project. And there are different levels, right? So if you are doing an audit and you should be able to say, it should never happen that, yeah, that has, then your data requirements are much more strict then if you would say, what is the opportunity, the biggest opportunity to improve that can already be done on a sample of your data, right? So, so that's also one thing to think about. And one of the pitfalls is also that people would stop there, right? So if they kind of define the risk and then they would say, okay, it's not possible. And then the answer to the sponsor, it's not possible. But I think it's, it could it could be that it is not possible, but you can always kind of advise on the countermeasure. What should you do, right? So, uh, in which conditions it is possible, and what can be changed? And if we, for example, implement a new system, what what should we do? What kind of requirements do we set? Um, yeah, uh, or manually collect some data, or or also the same thing what you just said with with data quality, right? So sometimes the, maybe data quality isn't perfect. But people sometimes have this all-or-nothing mindset that yeah, if the data yeah. quality isn't perfect, oh, they can't do it. But that's usually not the point. You can maybe you cannot do some things, but you can do other things. So, yeah. 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 yeah so, so yeah, data of course is a risk, and I think the best way is to think about uh, these risks in your project plan and also align with the sponsor, right? So, um, so, so to think about okay, if, if these risks become apparent at which stage in the project uh, uh, phases do we start discussing uh, these risks uh, and maybe think about also the mitigation of these risks right so if you are in the defined phase mm. and if you would say okay let's pull data or let's look for data now if it's there then we can assess a sample and if it's, the sample is good enough to continue then uh, let these two checks on the, the checklist make sure that that we can go and move to the next phase before yeah. we actually do invest a lot of time to get the full data set for example yeah uh, and continue yeah. that's a that's a really good example so it's like that brings us to the the fifth ingredient is basically to think about the deliverables right so what are the things that you want to produce and um and how you um yeah structure them to reduce the risks like we like we just discussed before so often in the project plan so we we've just drawn up like a schematic one with kind of a common structure you you recognize this surely from project plans you have seen in your company so often you have these kind of um, um, here as a diamond shape in red kind of a milestone they're often there to yeah to have a kind of a synchronization point a communication point to to check for example you know and a feasibility study what really just mentioned is a, would be an excellent way to um counter one of these yeah this very significant risk in a post mining project based on a sample um of some some data that you request very early on to determine whether it's even available or suitable and um have that really early as kind of a point in your project and also by doing that to manage expectation right so from the beginning when you're making the plan you can communicate with the people that you don't know yet whether it will be possible <laughs> to do the the post-money analysis for this process so you have built in this kind of breaking point in the beginning where you can then have this kind of go or no go uh, decision 
And if you have communicated this clearly from the beginning, then there's not, not a surprise and it's you know not a failure of your project if the data turns out not to be good, right? But people are prepared, like what are they, yeah, what are they getting? Yeah, um, so and, it's and, really and about and this also, communication, yeah. right? So. Yeah, and the second thing is you make your sponsor involved, right? So if the mm. sponsor would say, okay, but uh, if there's something we can do, and so sometimes we see in government that they have kind of outsourced part of their IT infrastructure, And then they get this challenge to get this data from the external vendor, right? So it takes cycles. And if you directly ask, then of course you're kind of, on the business side, you're far away from the IT side, right? So then it's difficult to find the right way in order to, to be able to request the data. But often the sponsor has this capability, right? So then if it needs investment or if it needs kind of alignment with the IT manager, then this can be done. So also in the escalation process, it would be better uh, to find the right, uh, yeah, uh, the right countermeasures in order to be successful. And at a certain moment in time, if you just can't decide together that uh, maybe you should take another path or maybe you should pass or maybe you should uh, give up. Eh? So that, that sometimes also could be a good good option, but do it as early on, right? So if you have invested already months or hours or weeks in it, yeah. and it's all, of course much difficult, much more difficult to let go, um, instead of you know, trying to evaluate early on and to catch these risks early on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe so here we also see uh, or we have seen kind of a kind of a timeline like of weeks, right? That's also sometimes something that people ask themselves, how 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 much time should I budget for my first project in a project plan? And maybe that brings us back to the different situations that we sketched in the beginning. So what's the goal of the project, right? It's just if it's just a learning project um, where you want to get your first experience with post mining, if there's a clear kind of post improvement um, attached to that. So there's good Going to be a different scope that makes sense for the for the project right yeah 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 so so i think there are different scenarios right so if you are start learning then i would recommend to keep it as small as possible so four six weeks or something like that to have tangible results and also not promise some big change in the process itself but kind of promise an insight uh, or uh, expectation of the process for example um If you uh, look for process improvement, um, yeah, then I think it can be done in 10 weeks, right? So to keep it time boxed, uh, it would be good to have kind of a promise to have tangible results within 10 weeks. Uh, however, if it's a process that crosses boundaries of multiple departments, then often you are looking at timelines of six months, for example. That is also normal for a Lean Six Sigma initiative that that, uh, yeah, that, that crosses the different organizational uh, walls. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's going to vary depending on your project, but whichever um, yeah, type of project you you are doing so that's that would be our advice to yeah not um, make a super detailed very big plan you know so it cannot yeah you can easily let's say get a little bit lost in the planning and 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 um yeah if you're writing a project report of multiple pages you know it's it's maybe not the right thing it's really you should use it as a tool 
uh, with the focus on the risks and the communication points. So that's really like what the project plan really helps you with. And that would be yeah, our advice to think about concretely the deliverables that you're creating um, in the project and then make the time planning based on these with these risks in mind and uh, to focus on the communication point with the different people that you're coordinating. Yeah, yeah, and also, of course, allocating the resources which you actually need to be successful, right? So that's yeah. also a big part of this. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Yeah, that you, if you have access to the subject matter expert to ask your questions, which is really important from yeah. a cross mining perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, have a have a have a meeting scheduled with them once a week, for example, so that you all the questions that came up in that week, you you have the chance to get their domain expertise to answer them. Otherwise, you are stuck and you actually can't go further. So, yeah, these are the this is the what the project plan is is, is for for you yeah. and to to make sure you get that time yeah 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 it's yeah, so, also one of the questions in the chat is if we can get these grant charts like uh, visuals i think which we shown before as part of the project plan as part of the process mining exercise and that that's not not the case right so uh, and the process mining tool visualizes uh, the, the the process map itself. Uh, the Gantt chart, which we've shown, mm -hmm. is is more kind of defining your project uh, project plan yeah. uh, as you go. Yeah. It's true, but it's it's interesting. Maybe we I, I I will see if I can find that as an example somewhere. But there are uh, there have been examples or there have been instances where people have analyzed their project yeah, yeah. process, right? And yeah. one uh, ingredient of a project management processes that you have a lot of parallel parts usually because there are multiple people involved who are doing different things in parallel and then you have kind of these milestones as synchronization points so it's a highly parallel process and that in itself brings again some challenges so we can point an example where where mining was used in this domain but it's not like you're saying it's not used to produce these type of gun charts it's something that you Yeah. You manually map out as part of your planning process. Yeah, it also makes me think about the example of Mark Tollens from KLM that did oh, yeah. the analysis on uh, the Agile process itself, right? So also the DMIC process, it depends on which project management system you are actually using. But in, uh, if it has these phases, then of course you can also apply process mining to it and yeah. then can find things where maybe you have a different approach. And uh, the interesting thing what Mark was doing is look at the different Agile teams and then look at their characteristics. So are they taking in more work than they actually can achieve within a sprint? Or uh, are they uh, are they underpromising, uh, but then waiting for other teams um, to do it? So then they are able to learn from each other what the effects are of their their own behavior. It's also an interesting interesting one. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, let's, let's point to that too. Yeah. Now, one one last question uh, that I see in the chat is um, what um, what to do if the organization is not confident that they can handle the data or that there are some other showstoppers, right? And I think that's something that you really need to keep in mind and be open about that it might be ultimately not the right tool, for example, for a particular problem or that it's not feasible because if the data isn't there. So, yeah, that's... I think one of the essential things of making a good project plan is that you can kind of mitigate this risk and define, you know, as early as possible, how, define how you can find out as, as early as possible if you need to, um, that that's the case. Yeah, but I think you can also be a little bit creative, right? So if you are doing this and you, and it depends a little bit on what the culture is within the organization, and that's also 
differs from organization to organization. But another way to mitigate that data risk is to get a little bit more time. And so mm-hmm. to give you yourself a little bit more time to see what works and what doesn't. And so if people are from the start very strict in if we do something and if we invest money in it, then we should have this business case kind of resolved. Uh, and then you're already kind of in a setting where you should fulfill this particular promise because you you are already in this business case. But if you have kind of a feasibility study before that gives you time to learn a little bit more to find where the challenges are, then you can also be clear about it. Because if you learn, uh, then you you start knowing where there are gaps or things that are, are or are impossible. And then you can be clear about it. So there are different ways kind of to mitigate that the data risk. Yeah? So uh, you can say it's it's not possible or it's challenging or we should have uh, more investment and we should have these experts. But on the other hand, you can also say, okay, we are doing small data because I can, uh, I can work with Excel. Uh, let's try that and let's see where things are possible and aren't, but people are not expecting uh, these uh, over-promised results tomorrow, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of a different approach, a softer approach, I think, to, uh, to get there. And it depends a little bit on the culture of the organization or what, what can be done, how you get started, right? So, yeah, so, yeah there, there are different ways. But yeah, um, I think it's important also to make the right decision for your organization and f- for yourself, uh, what, you know, what would be the best way. Yeah, but the, the data recommendations that you just gave, I think that's a very good point. And maybe, again, um, another <clears throat> reason maybe to, to look at the, the Data Preparation Cafe as a companion to this, because, yeah, the data is one of the biggest risks and it's a lot of questions that people have. What if there is not, no data? What can you do about it, right? And we talk extensively about that and give some concrete examples. So we will make sure to, to link that, too, yeah. especially with, with respect to this kind of big question what if the data isn't there yeah and i think it's good to also to answer the question is the uh, data risk because of uh, the asset the, the data itself or because of the skills right so there could be th- two things because it can sometimes also just be difficult to get the data in the mm-hmm. right format or get it out for example that really requires a specific skill and i think it's also good to understand from the beginning which of the two it is Uh, and it's not always clear, so that could also take time in order to understand which one of it is, uh, yeah. the two it is. Yeah, that's right. All right, I think yeah we covered most of the points that we wanted to cover. Is there something important that we forgot? You think? No, I think um, I think it's an important step, right, to to do the project plan. Don't yeah. sc- Keep it from the start. So sometimes we see that people directly go into the analysis, right? It's <laughs> and if they, if they do, they, they can still have some great results, right? So don't, uh, uh, don't misunderstand me. But I think for the longer term, or, or if you really want to achieve an objective, you need to think about, okay, how to do it. And this is, I think, one of the important uh, steps is if you do, are doing this for the first time, it's kind of... Um, uh, making that structure that you can repeat it eventually and so and that you can involve more people into the whole process mining initiative because you you can integrate it with your approach you can have kind of standard steps for it maybe you can develop some templates for it or checklist for it uh, and in this way you can involve more people as part of the whole process mining initiative and 
I think then you can bring more value and scale it up. Yep. Okay, very good. Great. Thanks, um, thanks everyone for for joining us for the session today. We will continue the project guide series. So we were so far we covered step one and step two, the process selection and the project plan. But of course, there are many more steps to come and to dive into more details. So you will, um, yeah, you will hear more about that in the coming weeks and months. If you have questions uh, or topics you would like to hear about at Postmining Camp, you can always contact us um, via camp at fluxcom.com, as you just saw. And yeah, again, thank you all for joining us. And we will see you again in October, right, Rudy, with talking yep. about analysis transformations. So we yeah, will be back. It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you, everyone. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.